Praise God. Are we tired or is getting too formal? Praise God. Alright, thank you so much for joining today's leadership Sunday. We're very mindful of time. I know here what we think about is we come to church to pray, just to share what you go out and go. But listen, we are meant to focus on heaven, but also make impact on earth. So today may be a slight deviation for the people who have just joined us recently from what we've been used to over time. But the grace of God, the mandate of the man of God here is to develop people and raise champions in all spheres of life. So today's service is going to be focusing on how do we raise even champions in our spheres of life. We know we prayed, we've been doing various marathon fasting and prayer over the days. But if we do all the prayers and we don't apply the principles, things may still not work as we plan it to work. Somebody said grace can take you to the top, but character will keep you there. We are here to build the professional character in men. Praise God one more time. So everybody is going to be seen coming to speak. Uh, sorry if we're not going to be speaking in the church terms, but we're going to be speaking maybe in the career terms, or the business terms, or the academic terms. And without further ado, I'm not going to be doing this alone. Permit me to sit down, please. Um, I'm a great heir to, be, uh, to have in her a big friend of the house, a big brother, by the grace of God, he is the Chief Executive Officer of Stratgem Limited. Please put your hands together for Mr. Ayodhichi that has the comments. He's going to tell us a bit about his profile. He's, he's always been the top leader in Coca-Cola Nigeria. And from there, by the grace of God, you run structure. And I also have had somebody you've always known over time, by the grace of God too, is the lead and the CEO of, I'm sure on our FOC thing, you're going to see Dre Energy. Have you heard of Mr. Tolutokwe Dada? He's the chief executive of leads in Coca-Cola Nigeria. They call him Oye Oye Coca-Cola Nigeria. Put your hands together for Mr. Anthony Oye. Just give us a brief of their professional profile like an interview. So they are going to tell us more. By the grace of God, my name is Olubi Wabolaiwa. I'm the executive director of Intibao Foundation. And um, who is in our audience? Okay, so we're um, we're more into um, supporting people in developing skills in the construction industry. And by the grace of God, so I manage an organization called HR Workplace that does everything human resources. So that's me. So let me just start from my right here. CEO of um, Dre Energy. Can you please tell us a bit about yourself? Okay, thank you. Uh, my name is Toluto Kodada. Uh, I run a renewable energy company. And we have a vision of powering 5 million homes in the next 10 years. Uh, 
we just wanted to sack uh, Nepal. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, at least I know by the grace of God he's been a commercial director. Uh, okay, yeah, I, okay. Uh, well, I, I think I've worked in, I have about 14 years of uh, experience and I've worked in quite a number of uh, multinationals. I started my career with Chevron. Uh, after Chevron, I served with a bank. And thank God I served with a bank. Immediately I finished service, I said, I will never work in a bank again. <laughs> Apologies to bankers. So I served with a bank. Uh, I've been in insurance. Um, came back to Chevron. I've been in Coca-Cola. Uh, I've, I've been in C-level um, um, leadership roles in companies for, for the past seven years of my career. Um, with some oil and gas companies, uh, renewable energy. I was the commercial operations director for Rensers. Then um, before I came to Dre as the CEO, that's just a brief about me. All right, thank you very much. Uh, okay, let me let me let me let me come to Oye. Good morning, my name is Oye, no, Oye, aka Oye. So if you spell my name, I've been seeing people spelling it wrongly as Oye, today. It's a wrong spelling. My name is Oye, no, Oye, I'm a prince. Hallelujah. Okay, I, my career line for now, please, counting one by one, I'll start 23 years. I grew up in Lada in my career uh, in different levels. And uh, let me just dive a little bit. Uh, I have served as a comrade for several years too. So I'm an activist. So they got into you. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> so the issue of money of today, the other one that you see, we are in sport, we are in Buddha, took him to that level years back. Hallelujah. And I grew up in Lada to become the National Square Park Manager and MRO of Black <laughs> Thank you very much. Right, thank you. You know, people never knew you. They are used to just seeing you and eating your chest. They, yeah, yeah. they don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, over to um, uh, Mr. Double Joy. Good morning, Church. Good morning. Let me start. Uh, Do you want a yes, sir? No. Technical, can you support with that? Thank you. So, yeah. so I want to tell you uh, the church. Yes, I'm done. I want to thank the church starting from Daddy. Thanks for having me here today. And um, let's give it up once again for the choir. Oye said he's a prince, but the choir just reminded me I'm a king. <laughs> and so, um, I think I'll have a very um, interesting career too. I uh, started as a technician. And then from there became uh, a ship supervisor. After I became a ship supervisor, I became an engineer, uh, production manager. Then I became an, uh, a, an operational improvement manager before I now became the national energy conservation manager of the Nigerian government company. Before I moved to I run my own company, which deals in some energy and PPC and a logistics company. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you so much. Um, 
we don't take him on time, so we have to make ourselves quickly run through our profiles so that you can understand that these are slightly different people that we see in church every day in the workplace to by the grace of God. Oh, we are Sorry? We are married. We are all kids. married with kids. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So you're gonna understand by the grace of God they are giants in the workplace, so they are just in the right place to talk about leadership. Okay, without taking more time, what is leadership? Let me start from Mr. Ayodiji. In your own opinion, what do you see as leadership? Thank you, Mima. Uh leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. We, the, the four of us sitting on this stage today, have benefited from leadership. And for me, leadership is somebody that looks at you, sees what you can be in the future, and helps you, nurture you, shows you the way. Not just staying back and pointing, but leading you directing you, you know, you go through the beach together, you come out of the beach until you achieve that potential that is resident that you yourself never had um, an inkling, an idea that you possess such a capacity. Alright, thank you very much. Um, if you said somebody that doesn't just point at you but leads and directs you. Oh yeah, from your several years of experience climbing up the ladder, leading one person, two people, three people, what is leadership in your opinion? Alright, uh, in my own opinion, leadership is about influencing and direction. Like you mentioned, directing. Um, uh, once, some times ago, I was manager of self. When you say manager of self, you are on your own. And later in the year, I became manager of others. So at that level, at two different levels, I need different ability to do my work perfectly. When I was manager of self, a little of direction. But when I became managers of others, it means people will report to me. I need to give vision, I need to give direction. I need to influence them. Because I can have a vision that I want to pass around. We must make those millions. If I don't know how to influence them, because I lead them, I won't get the results. When I was manager of self, I can decide, well, if things want to fall apart, that's their problem. So leadership is all about influencing people to get your desired results and directing them, not just pointing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can we put our hands together for the two initial definitions? Okay, um, Tijana, at least you did the choir too. <laughs> so what is leadership? Yeah, um, I, I've, been a, I've been a leader all my life, and so uh, I'm going to be talking from personal experience. Uh, although I put here, let me just share this definition I put down here. A leader is someone who can see how things can be improved and who rallies people to move towards that better vision. So leaders are, are, leaders are foreseers. Leaders can see how things should be done, not just gathering people and doing braggadoche. You can... You can look at this, how we are doing things, but this is how we can improve it, and you see a vision. 
then not just your ability to see that vision, but your ability to also rally people around. Because leadership, if you're going, if you're, you call yourself a leader and nobody's following you, you're taking a stroll. So not just you being able to see what ought to be done, but your ability to gather people around and know that this is not just what I alone can do. Gather people around, share that vision to them, let them buy that vision, and they follow you to what where you have seen. Now, it, it pains me when I see leaders. You share a vision with us. You are the one that saw the vision. And you now get discouraged halfway when we are not seeing it with you. You are the one that you should be the one, we should be the one discouraged. So leadership is not just ability to see. The very great part of leadership is ability to rally people around and let them see what you are seeing. Lead them to where they have not seen. And one of those in the Bible, uh, if I may, is Abraham. Abraham himself had not seen the place he was going, but he was able to convince his wife. At least he can lead his wife and say, this is where we are going. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for that. So leadership is about being visionary. Now, I'm sure a student here is thinking, so they are talking leadership. How is that my business? Uh, somebody who's just a staff in the company is asking himself, all those things you're talking about, maybe because of where you got into the workplace. I was, my definition of being a leader also, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, is seeing the topmost position in front and aspiring and doing your best to be in front of everybody. That's self-leadership. You, you, you see the first position. Let, let me share this with you. When I, when I, when I, when I was in GSS2, my GS1, GS2, my normal, my normal position in class was position 15. I was so happy. So when I got to second time and I became position 12, you needed to see how I jubilated. That at least I moved three steps forward to 12. And when I became ninth, I was so happy. I never became first, second, third in my life. Apologies to intelligent people. I don't know what it means. However, I my best in class, I can't still forget, was I was number six. But it was about leading myself to ensure I move to the front of others. So whether you are in class or not, all those people we are calling leaders, you find out they are usually in front. Now, you came up with something by saying you are a leader all your life. Now, double job. Are leaders born or they are made? Just, um, you, you just thinking of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually plan to make that statement today. Um, leaders are made. In the Bible, we have leaders that were born. Okay. Um, Jesus Christ. I mean, whatever is a divine mandate, and you can see the impact over 2,000 years. But generally, leaders are made. Same. And thank you, I will do that right away. Um, we, we all, let me give you an example. We are all here. When um, we were going to speak to Pastor Tia, I said, I think we need to quiet. But let's break it down. Tia said he's been a leader all his life. I can tell you this because maybe it's the first one. Mm. Start from there. Mm. You are leading, if you are not leading anybody, you are leading your wife. Mm. You are leading your children. Mm. If you are not leading anywhere, daddy has given you a task. 
to supervise two people you are leading. Mm. Or you are called to take that leadership role you are running. It is at that point, most of us don't value our churches. Mm. Most of us, it is in the church that these skills are brought up. Mm. Mm. Lead two people, mm. lead five people. I, I, I was here last week and daddy was praying for those who organized FOC. Mm. You lead. You don't know the impact of what the people who led, who, who planned FOC in a pandemic. We had a successful program. Mm. You understand? So I don't want us to think this word lead is until you become the president or until you become the pastor. Leaders are made, and they are made in small places. Mm. And as the Bible says, I'm not a pastor, so authority to all pastors. When you are faithful in a little, yeah. a bigger role will be committed to you. Thank you. But can we celebrate that? Leaders are made in small places. So you are in ushering department, and you don't come to United. You are not making yourself as a leader. Now, uh, oh yeah, permit me to call that, call you that. Uh, <laughs> now, when you say leaders are made in small places, what is your role in your making as a leader? What is my own role as OE? I'm a chorister, I'm, I'm, I'm an officer in my office. What is my role? I am an apprentice under somebody, though we are 22. What is my own role in my using that opportunity to make myself a common leader? Hallelujah. Yeah, I will cite my example using the, one of the factual character, Brother Moses. Brother Moses was an ass man. The man, and if you know, you know what, when you call somebody an ass man in Nigeria of today, you understand what it means. If not in the negative area of killing people, you look at that and wonder, wonder, and that's what they are, they are the, in the lowest category of human being. And record has shown that Moses was one of the greatest leaders that we have. Mm. The making of Moses was in the hand of Jethro. Mm. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, have to read further. He was in the hands of Jethro. He listened to his instructions. He was following him one by one. From there, he was learning a lot. There was a stage where there was confusion. He listened to Jethro. So Jethro was a mentor. Why Moses was a mentee under that scenario. When you go further, when God now said, you're the one that will eventually lead my people out of Egypt. He did not do it alone. He carried along Aaron. Meaning that as he was making himself as a leader under Jethro, he was making people as well for the kingdom. So every information, every knowledge that he has, he was putting. So it's in two ways. You either make yourself under somebody and you make people. That is, you can have a succession plan. Even when you leave, you have somebody who can come in your stead. Aaron did not come into the stead of Moses immediately. It was Joshua eventually. But we trace that he made Joshua too. So Moses, in his own case, was making people. He was made and was making people. Thank you. Thank you very much. Celebrate that one more time. Making other people 
So that means, is it impossible to become a leader without another person together? Uh, well, um, that's the place of mentorship. Um, one of my mentors, uh, the late pastor, Yolanda he told me something. He said he doesn't believe in talent. And he's a very talented pianist. As in, he's a talented artist. He said he doesn't believe in talent. He said because you claim that he has talent, but he practices. That you, have you seen me rehearse? I can rehearse like mad. So you don't have talent. You don't practice. You don't want to beat me now. So in the place of, there are some people that may be born with the talent of leadership. If you don't, there's something in, in, in biology, in life science, called the law of use and disuse. Yeah. If you don't sharpen the skills, if you don't practice, if you don't work on it, and part of working on it is either having a close mentor, a one-on-one -on -one mentorship, or it's possible, for instance, one of my mentors is T.D. Jakes. I've never met him before. Probably before he leaves this part of eternity, maybe I will meet him, or maybe not. But I've been, the, the man has been mentoring me since I was, in, since I was an undergraduate. So there is no island, there's nobody that can just rise up. And that's one, one thing I, I, I find funny about our generation or the younger generation. You just see someone that wants to stand up from nowhere and just blow. Where, where is the process? Who did you learn from? Who preferred you? Who commissioned you? Is it in ministry? Is it in business? Who are you learning from? Who are you drinking from? So it is possible to be talented, to be born with those talents. But you won't go far if you don't have a father that can take your hands and say, no, walk in this place. Don't walk here. Either physically, one-on-one, -on -one, it's possible to have a one-on-one -on -one mentor, or you read books, you listen to messages of, oh, this is my mentor. You, you learn about them, their challenges, and things like that. So mentorship is very, very important, very key in leadership. And for those of us who are lucky enough, let me use the word, to have worked in a, in a multinational or in a big organization, as a, as a graduate trainee or as a fresh graduate coming in, they assign you a mentor or a mentor comes and forces himself on you. Someone is far, far, far ahead of you that you know that you are not competing for anything in life. He's far, he's higher than you. So the mentor, you know, don't do this. Oh, when I wanted to go for a master's degree, I, I have a first degree, I had a first degree in microbiology. So I wanted, I, I, was, I was doing my internship in health, safety and environment department. So I wanted to go for a master's degree. One of my mentors in Chevron told me that the environment is going to, that's what's going to sell in the future. That was 2006. I eventually did my master's in 2010. So there was a training that they just put my name, um, ISO 14001. I didn't even know what the training was meant was about. But my mentor, I just went to meet him, sir. I want you to mentor me. Any training I'm interested. He just said, there's a training tomorrow. You're going to so, 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 so with us. And I went. And it doesn't cost him anything to just include my name. And that's where pride comes in. The man is far, far, far higher than me. He's richer than me. So why would I not humble myself to learn from him? So he started, he told me that if you're going to do a master's, go in the environmental field. Environment is the future. He was already going to the peak of his career and retiring. I was already, I was just coming in. Do you understand? So he had to tell me that, no, this is the future. No, don't go this route. And that's why I do for quite a number of young people these days. You want to do a master's, you want to go, go for a course. Why are you doing this course? This is going outdated. This is, this is, this is going down. Don't go this line. Why not go to a line that is just climbing? 
so that when you are 30 years into your career or 25 years into your career, all of you are blowing together. And I could see that because when solar really became, um, when it started coming into Nigeria, we were the people that were some of the pioneers of solar getting all over the place. And that was an advice I got in 2006 that didn't come to materialize until 2016, 10 years after. So that's the place of mentorship. Even though you may be born a leader, you may be born with the talents, but you still need a mentor who will hold your hand and say, walk in this step, don't go in that place. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Celebrate that. So everybody in here needs a mentor. We now have issues of people who don't know as much as you do. Double job. You have lot, a number of employees. I come to your office. There are some people who don't know as much as you do. They don't have as much as you do, yet they have issues listening to you. They are trying their best to compete with you. You are in a unit, you are trying to tell your subordinates, do this, do that. And the person is still arguing as well. Okay, Sorosuke generation. You know, they are beginning to tell you, oh God, no, 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 I don't agree with you. And here you are saying, so why, how can such people be helped to become leaders? Before he answers that question, in case you have any question in this regard, please feel free to write something and give it to the ushers. How can such people with such perception, who believe they know it all, they have it in their head? It came out of that question of you need a mentor. For Joshua to be chosen as a leader, God had drilled him separately. That's number one. Number two, when Elisha was dealing with Elijah, Elijah was a very wicked, very, very hard leader. I tell people that work with me, I say, I get to the office by 6 a.m. So when you tell me you are coming to the office by, you are coming late by 9 o'clock, the first thing I tell you is, it is impossible. Because I came from an extreme of Lagos to resume in another extreme of Lagos by 6 a.m. You are coming. I still gave you three hours after I resumed. And you are still telling me there's traffic. Impossible. And people say I'm wicked. Am I wicked? I'm wicked. Now, so let us, if you have people like this, how can we help them? to become better in as much as they are having it hard to listen to us. Thank you. Thank you once again. Um, for those of us that are church people or the people of God or Christ people, I want us to remember that Jesus was mentored by John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. So, if you look at Bible stories, I just point one of the examples of how we say Elijah and Elisha, Moses and Joshua. Go through the Bible, you see examples like that. But the biggest example of course is John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. He who is God in human form, still follows like we said at the beginning, uh was introduction, pretty simple. Some things follow principles. That's why Dangote is rich. He doesn't go to church. He follows principles. So we need to understand that. There are a lot of people that have perspective about life, about leadership. There is no issue about that. 
determines as a leader for you to make people improve, you must over inform. Mm. So it means you must continue to inform. Now, one of the ways to inform, one of the ways to convince is to maybe coach. Mentorship is the boss, but at times you may need to coach. You may need to have one-on-one -on -one sessions. You may need to, a lot of people don't have, they are not, like you said, they don't have exposure like you. They don't have experience like you. But if you speak to, talk to them, have a one-on-one -on -one with them, most of the time it works. It works. Um, Sorosuke generation, Sorosuke generation, I can tell you when they see superior knowledge, they will listen. They will listen. They will listen and they will bring about you, 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 you. We, we all know that all of us have been through that. If you ask that now to tell us, to tell the story of Tidada, myself, and Oye, when we were 20 years ago, you will open our secrets for you now. You understand? Because at that time, we were also very strong-headed. But there are times he did what? He put his hand around our shoulders and speak to us. At times, even when he's speaking, we still do not listen. Most times, throughout when you are walking home, then it will become clearer. I, I, need to, I need to also state this. We once said when we was introducing that this church is a church that wants to grow character, raise champions. Our spiritual life is a part of that. It's actually the umbrella. But there are a lot of other parts of our life that that spiritual life influences. What do I mean? The Holy Spirit is our friend, is our comforter. If your mentor, your leader speaks to you, when you are alone with the Holy Spirit, you will remind you what he said. So what I'm saying is, as Christians, even when we're in our workplace, we don't throw away the Holy Spirit. We still listen to the Holy Spirit. We still use the Holy Spirit to check the information that we have received, to understand, to, to, to be able to implement the things we have learned. And I can assure you, you don't lose. When you are with God, you don't lose. So you continue to listen. For, for me, my, my theme for this year is listen. is sit first. Sit. That's like my, my partnership with this year. Is to sit, listen, and obey. And there is no other mentor like the Spirit, even though we have physical mentors too. So we must learn to sit, listen, and obey. Thank you. Sit, listen, and obey. Please appreciate that. Now, Oye, let's bring it home to everybody sitting here. We, let's give ourselves five years plan to become leaders within our sphere of influence. Five years plan. Maybe I'm just a teller in the bank, and I want to become a leader in that sphere of influence, or I'm just a farming assistant. Because the business leaders, Dangote is a business leader. Am I right? John Maxwell is a thought leader. So within what I'm doing in energy now, 
Do you understand? In your own area, but you know some people who are, who are bigger. Who are bigger. In the NGO world, there are leaders. Now, if I want to become a leader within my sphere of influence, I want to be the best student in my class, I want to be a first class. What are the attributes or characteristics I have to adapt? The qualities I have to bring into my life that will shoot me up to that leadership level. Alright, thank you. Uh, I, I need to as well uh, portray what my other two speakers uh, mentioned in the area of people that you lead and they are not ready to listen to you. Okay. Okay, because it, it will come into what will make what they will become in the next five years if they have a vision. Such people goes nowhere. And there are two ways to read it. You can either say the manager is a manager or is a leader. Mm. If I'm a manager, I serve immediately. That's it. That's the characteristic and attribute of a manager. I give you an instruction to take you higher, and you are not ready. I'll give you some time and fire you. Mm. But as a leader, you try to manage him, like they have said. You manage him. But managing him will not be forever. There should be a cut-off point. Where if you feel that it's not going again, you fire him too. And mm -hmm. don't, they don't want to listen to that. <laughs> and I'll give you a live example. When I attain my new role, I have, an, I have an idea of the role before that time. And when I attain the new role, my guys that are reporting to me, they are completely far away from me. As in the knowledge that I have, it's one billion higher. How do you tell them to do what you like? Because very impossible. And I was troubled. I was running mad. So each time there's a colleague in the house here, that I come back from their office, I keep shouting, hey, well, okay, what is wrong with you people? I was running mad, actually running mad, that's the truth. And I was always going around. And one day, in my open office, and I was coming down from the meeting, I was shouting. And the colleague in the house now said, Oh, Gary, calm down, calm down. These people have been in the very, they were in the village. You are in Lekki. You have to find a way to move them to a level. So I have to try a plan for them. I said, This guy is making sense. I give them one year. And I wrote their plan for them. So in the next one year, this is what I want to do. I do not stop them. I don't go ahead to give them assignments. And one of the assignments I give to them burns my hand. In the process of trying to leave them, I call them an email that's supposed to be super confidential. To them just to say, uh, I'm not getting information and let them know. And when the guy wants to fire the mail, he fired the mail with the entire thing that I give to him. And I was shocked. This guy wants to sack me. But I just stopped there. I called him, Mr. Man. Next time, when they send you a confidential mail, you remove that aspect and write your own. Those things are enough to drive you crazy. So as leaders, you must have where you want your guys to be in the next one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. Those plans are there, and you are not leaving them alone. You are following them to see they are achieving it. And if they are not achieving it, you are evident. You are not a leader if you cannot follow up. You are a complete leader when you give an assignment and you follow up and you help them to achieve it. Mm. Now I tell people in the office I don't work again. Mm. I've told you a scenario of two years ago, but now I don't work again. And that's the truth, I don't work. 
I just come to the office, I look, I check my mail, and I write mail to one million other people. I go to sleep, I enjoy myself, I work at five o'clock. I carry my bag, I cook. What is that? What? Eh? 4.30. 4.30. No, when it is 4.30, I carry my bag. And I tell people, sorry, I'm going to my house. So, as a leader, you are expected to give instruction, follow up, make sure you deliver it. God bless you. Please put your hands together for him. One of the few things he, he said struck me, and that, that's always an issue. And he said something like, so you said the managers, you said managers, uh, they fire people, and leaders, they, they coach people. Sorry, what of human resource managers? That is their job to fire people. I am fire. All right, now, quickly, we, we, we still want to hit at what are the qualities that we will need to develop in the process of becoming a leader. Let's coach everybody right now. Project yourself in five years' time. Just bring yourself to a world of imagination. And say, five years' time, this is what I want to be. This is where I want to be. Now, what are the attributes that I must adopt into my life? Let me start. Let me start. Double Joy started by saying something about the place of the Holy Spirit, where we have to sit, we have to listen, and we have to obey. Another word for me is, what about hard work? Is it possible? It said, I want to be a leader. That means if I was reading, I remember when I was doing my GC, I was the first set of Neko, I've shared it. And all my friends that I know got a distinction in mass. If it's in your mama's day, I got a D7. It was obvious they were sharing free marks for everybody. But it showed if they did not share free marks, I would have gotten F9. Yes. Because for everybody to be getting distinction, only me got D7. It showed I didn't know anything. However, the others GC that didn't need support, I decided to triple the rate at which I was reading. I finished new general mass back to back like three times. And I found out it was very easy for me to get a distinction. So in my own opinion, I didn't add work to whatever you are doing. Or should I call it diligence? It will easily support you to get into wherever you want to get to. Sidara, can you continue from there? Okay. Um, well, I, I put five things here as, okay. as qualities of a leader. All right. Uh, so that it will help us remember, I put it in um, uh, acronym. CDC PH, CDC Community Development uh, Committee. Community Development PH Committee. Or what happens? So CDC PH. Okay. Number one is clarity. Where am I going? What do I want to become? And if, uh, like our hiring and firing manager said, when they, <laughs> when they when they interview you, the, the most common question after telling you about your service, where do you see your clarity? Clarity, this is my goal in life. This is my goal in this career. Like I told you about my company, we want to power 10 million homes. We want to we want 10 million homes. Before you go from there, sir, everybody pick your pen and paper and write down where do you see yourself in five minutes? I mean in five in years. It mustn't exceed a line. In fact, three words. Where do you see yourself? Richest estates of your in the Shaka. 
having a net worth of over 50 million naira. Write it there. No, some people are buying. Write it, write it. Type it on your phone. Five years. Or type it on your phone. It's, it's a class exercise. Write it. Who has a phone there? Just three, three words. One line. Write it because it's a process we're going to put it together. Thank you. Clarity. Okay, number two. So, number two is decisiveness. Well, okay, you know, it's one thing to be, to be a wishful thinker and say, I want to have, uh, what's this, Otedola's name? Otedola's song, this song that they, you want to be richer than Otedola. You may say it with mouth. What are the steps? What are the decisive steps I need to take to get to where I've been clearly said? Encourage. Most of the times, especially about leadership, I used to give the fire um, this example. It all takes courage. If you know that junction, that Thomas Alako junction, before that junction before Thomas Alako, there used to be some uh, disabled people controlling traffic. Yeah, yeah. 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 The people are all And all day we stand in front of your jeep and we tell and you to stop. stop. You will stop. So it just takes someone, so even a fool. Just is courageous enough to stand in front. That fool will become all your leaders. Simple. In fact, that's a typical example. On the island, there are some, so some that stay on this. They are, you know, this they are will, yeah. willing to. Yeah. Disabled people and with your SUV and your base, they will tell you to stop. They will tell these people to put you with waste. So it just told me, it just showed me what leadership. At times, it's just courage to stand in front. Courage to say I can do it. That's all some of us do. Number four, passion. And number five, humility. Because some people have been there before you. Some people have tried this way and probably it didn't work. If you're not humble enough to learn. If, let, me, let me just quickly quote this. Um, Numbers, Numbers chapter 10, verse 29. This is Moses that speaks mouth to mouth to God. Numbers 10, 29. One day Moses said to his brother-in-law, Hobab, Son of Ruel, the Midianite, we are on our way to the promise to the land the Lord has promised us. For He said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well. For the Lord promised wonderful blessings for Israel. But Hobab replied, No, I will not go. I must return to my own land and family. Watch this, verse 31. Please don't leave us. Moses pleaded, You know the places in the wilderness where we should come. Come, be our guide. They have the pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, though. But this brother-in-law, the guy Sabi Road, the guy knows the wilderness. He knows the wilderness. Moses was humble enough to say, Brother, let tell us where we should come. Tell us what we should not eat. Ah, no, 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 that thing is poisonous. That will leave us. Don't do tell us. So we need to be humble enough as much as we are. We may even the people that we are submitting to and we are being humble to, they may not make as much money in that career as us, mm. but they have experience. When we were being ordained, I will share this and I will drop the mic. They told us that there are some colors, your own color is just white, shiny. There are some colors, they are brown. They may not be able to do ex eschatology, exegesis, break the Bible down like you, but their colors are brown. They may not have a car, but they've been on this journey for a while. Calm down and learn from them. The Lord be help us in Jesus. Amen. Celebrate that. Celebrate that. I like that Bible scriptures. Moses knew God. 
but still needed somebody who knew the road. The question HR managers ask in an organization when they are about to fire, he says, thank God I have a CEO here. The first thing to think about is, if we fire this person, what will we lose? That's the first thing. I was in a meeting somewhere, and the director told the board member, the bo in front of me, the board member told him to do something. And the guy looked at him and said, you know what, sir? I will do it. But as I do it, I will resign. As in a whole board, board of directors told someone, do this. And he said, no problem, sir. Is that what you want? I will do it. But immediately I do it, sir. I would send out my resignation letter. Guess what the board member said? Please, don't bother obeying my instruction. Do whatever you want to do. Because the guy had already taught, who brought us to this level of greatness? You. If you leave us at this point, we are crashing down. Are you an asset to your organization or a liability? If they fire you today, what would the organization lose? Quickly, as a wrap up, the qualities of a leader, or what should we possess to become a leader? Thank you. <clears throat> um, before I answer your question, I will just quickly align with my co panelists um, and also touch on Edward. Oye said something. Said leadership, you cannot be a leader if you cannot follow up. Hmm. I would like you to know that as we sit here, we are also learning, learning from one another. And this point for you is my reality, the last one week in my organization. I had this feeling my team was not pulling their weight. And I told my wife, I'm the boss. And she said, Why? Well, I said, Because I'm not following up. In leadership, you must expect what you expect. Mm. Okay? You, you expect they will do it. You've told them to do it. But you must expect what you expect. If you don't do it, you'll be shocked. Baba was, that was a, I think it was me and mommy, was in last week Sunday. Baba Deboe was doing um, was in an interview, or maybe it was, but I know I was sitting out somewhere and I was watching it. And he said the biggest lesson he learned when he became GEO was that he trusted people. Mm -hmm. And when he gave them tasks to do, he went to bed thinking they've done it. He was shocked when he came there. Nobody did it. Mm -hmm. So you must expect what you expect. You must follow up as a leader. You must be patient. Mm -hmm. Two major people shaped my leadership life. One is a father and a leader, and um, that's Pastor T. The other one does not know God, or he knows God as, as a cow. He's an Indian, that's what I'm saying. And you are His name is Adoxoni, but they were Christians with us. So to be a leader, you must be patient. Because what you you went through, like Tidana just said, people who have done so much, you as a leader have done things. The people come in, they need time to be able to catch up with you. Obviously, they will rest on your shoulder to see further, but they still need time. They need time to actually climb to your shoulder. You understand? And then when they are fully sitting on your shoulder, they can see further. Hard work. 
mean, at times we we underestimate that part of everything. The fact that we preach smart work now does not mean there is no hard work. Mm. There is hard work. There is hard work. It is actually in the place of doing hard work that you will learn smart work. Mm -hmm. So there is hard work. When only said the closest for this, when he becomes owner of his company, we close into it. Yes, sir. Because that's what I do now. Ask me, we used to close for this before. <laughs> we will be making noise, we disturbing everybody on our way home. But now there is hard work. I stay, I There is hard work. As my Indian guy would say, the result of success or hard work is more work. But the truth is, the smart work comes in you doing more. Mm. So in closing by the word, I've done what I should do in one week. You understand? So there is hard work. Look at all our daddies and mommies. Because there are a lot of things you don't know about them. Maybe they don't say, so let me talk about mommy too. We used to mix things. If I had forgotten until last week, I saw the advert of Kodatex. So when you see money like that, there is hard work. Even if it's hard work to be the quiet of a <laughs> You understand? So there is hard work. Everybody you see, there is hard work. Serious hard work. And even the Bible said it is the work of our hands. That work you do, that God will bless. You see somebody walking somewhere and like my um, wife asking us to write down. You want to become something in five years. Then she makes Zobo. She's going to work home, but she's still making Zobo. She's still taking care of her children. It's hard work. Because nothing is easy. So in aspiring, that faculty we used to close me at the year or five. I always go back home. I'll be rushing home because my office is in my house. So that I can meet my staff at home. They will do evening session. It's also hard work. Mm. You understand? So I can start to read that I speak again from CPCPH. Humility, patience, hard work, and of course, you have to follow up. You keep following up. You keep checking things, you follow up, you encourage, you criticize, you you bring them up. A lot of things. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Celebrate them. And as we wrap up into the final one, somebody said a question. How do you manage a situation where you are under a leader that you are more knowledgeable than? Maybe by the way of exposure. And you see that wrong decisions are taken often. Oh yeah. How do you behave or act or what do you do? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> we really exceeded time. Okay, quickly. Just 10, 10 seconds. Thanks. It's a difficult task, but uh, we require us wisdom to be able to manage such leader. Uh, if you are an auditor, I was an auditor before. Then later I become an auditee. Meaning that uh, it is all very hard when you are an auditor. And they now ask you to go and audit you. 
the next question is, Shebi, you are always saying errors. Now we are saying errors to you. You tell us how to do it. I've seen an accountant that used to be a monitor. When they, when they move him back and say, become the accountant of this plan. The first study they did in this plan, everything was failed, 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 The person that was saying, why do you lose this chair without signing this, was not <laughs> So if you have a boss that is like that, it, it, it's in different terms. I want to look at it in the workplace and maybe the spiritual. Let's say for the workplace, there are decisions that your bosses are asking you to take. You are responsible, you are accountable. I found myself in a very situation just like you said. And my boss was saying, You must do this. And I said, Mister, when you go, if you want me to do it, put it white and black to me. He said, Confidence and courage. Yes, sir. I don't fear anybody, I'm a lion. I asked him, Mister, when you go, I will do it. But put it in black and white for me. Your own is too much. You are this and that. And he came back the second day. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You let me out. Because I wanted him to put himself in the trap. Then I was hacking. I've not told him I'm a woman before, college, confidence. And I told him in the workplace, Mr. Man, if I if you do not go back to your country tomorrow, call me a bastard. It's confidence. Because you're asking me to do wrong thing. And I said, I will not do it. So there are a lot of ways to manage. Every strong part of it is that you don't say because you have the confidence, you have the courage. Come on, go guy in any house. He will sack you. The impact of our says, Ento Junior, only Junior. When I had it, I gave myself brain. And when you are seeing your car doing the wrong thing, find wisdom in God. Yeah. Okay, why can't we do it this way? Yeah. You know, I've, I've told you both sides. Let's, let's try and see this way. He may reason your own way. But if you're consistently not listening in your own way, you have to go the other way around. You don't all the time antagonize your boss. Sometimes I walk away, take a breath a little bit, and come back to see that I can convince. And most times it works. It's not all the time just you want to fight or not. Move away, take a break. And say, okay, let me see what I can do. Move away, come back and say this. You provide a solution and then demand help to come down. Because sometimes in this reason, he may not want to wound you by telling you to take that vision. Maybe he won't tell. For, for those that are in engineering, what is happening now, I don't have patience for it. I will have scattered hands. So if your boss talk, do this, do this. Thinking about it when I look at the engineering, it's like uh, Dr. Tudor's. If you mistakenly touch a life wire, it can cost you a life. And that is the perspective you must put your decision taking to. If I take this decision, will it really take my life? What effect? So apply wisdom, have courage, and know what you are doing. Jesus Christ oftentimes goes back to self-development. At the time, he will withdraw to go and pray. He self-development. He wants to get more before he comes back. God bless us. Amen. So, like, like he said, you need wisdom. Please don't shout at your boss. I had a friend I had to write sack letter for this January. We were all laughing minutes before we entered into the meeting. He just made a mistake. His boss shouted at him. He stepped out. He entered. I said, boss, you told me I did this in December. Prove to me I did it. I just told my assistant. We already have the template, just put his name on the templates. And the boss just said, Wait, what, what will you do? I said, Termination. Tell go ahead. He has lost his job as we as are talking. Because he just said something wrong. In dealing with your boss, you have to be very 
wise. May God help us in Jesus' name. This second one is like, how do you handle a boss that you know you know more than? You humble yourself, but it's too myopic, that's all we see, to see your potential. What do you do? In one word, don't go join. Your boss is not seen. Money gift, money talent. But this boss is not seeing my potential. What should I do? Should I just hang on? Walk away. Don't do it. What do you think? Thank you. Um, it's a tough one. Because sitting here, there's also responsibility of what we say. People take it literally and go and act on it. So it's a difficult, um, very difficult question. But I would not say you should walk away. Um, there, there, there are some elders that my wife had a similar challenge, and um, she we went to meet someone for another discussion. And then we were forced to discussion enter it, and then we told him what my wife was going through. And she said, and the man said, have you had a one-on-one with your boss? Hmm. Because at times some people don't know what they are doing. Hmm. Children. So I will appreciate you explore all options. Of course, there is, it's not a matter of life and death. The walk away should be the last option. And before you walk away, make sure there is another, another path. Yeah. Or explore opportunities. Uh, prayerfully go and meet with your boss. Explain. Don't be too emotional about it. Just be professional. Have a sit down, talk about it. This is what I'm experiencing. Oh, this is. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't know that. Oh, is that how you feel? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, okay. And then the, the relationship takes a new turn. Um, to quickly jump on what Oye said before I return to Newark, there's something I learned from Pastor King years back, and I'm sure I don't know if you remember. He said, if you are sitting on the leadership position, as you are sitting there, you have access to a lot of information. Yeah. So in taking a decision, I think he was referring to a pastor. I think there was a big discussion. I don't know if Oye or Peter that was there. We just had and he said, you don't know what Baba has information that is making him to take this decision. That's one area we must be careful about our bosses, about our leaders. They have so much information. They won't tell you everything at the same time. If they say do something, like what you said, if it's so hard, step back a bit, take fresh air, and then maybe go back. He may be willing at that time to now tell you the additional reasons why he's telling you to do that. Thank you very much. Put your hands together. All right, see the other finally, which is you. Is it good for a leader to be harsh on the people he or she is leading? Is it good? That's one. Number two, if your followership is not obeying your directive as expected, 
I think we've already talked about that. What are the systems you adopt? And double joy and Oye and everyone helped us to answer that. But is it good for a leader to be ash on the people you are leading? Yeah, I think it's relative. Ashness is relative. Yeah. 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 So what Mr. A will see as ashness. For instance, right. if you come to Pari Hazard for the first time in your life, and what we joke about, what we, what an average music director will say, and the choir members will laugh. Someone will get in there and we think that they have insulted his father and mother. So it's, it's relative. You know? right. It depends on your field. Okay. There are some places that it is insult they used to greet each other. It's not my like all of them are here. So for HR people or in the bank, the bank will hear. So what the banker will see as ashness or someone like works in, I don't want to mention some banks. Uh, a particular bank that we know that they are very harsh there. Yeah. You leave that bank to go and work in another bank. You say that, ah, is this what you call harshness? 